Hello, beautiful people. I recorded an episode yesterday that I'm about to press live on, and yet I just knew I needed to come in here and do a little debrief. A debrief for both of the past two episodes that I recorded, both of which I pre-wrote out because they were long stories, lots of details. I might have gone off on tangents, and I just didn't want to do that. So there are a bunch of details I left out, but little ones that aren't as important. And so I shared with you those big stories in as a concise way as possible. And yet just reflecting on that, I know that there were some big things I covered and it felt really important to do a little debrief. So where to start? I think it would be best to start with a piece around my abortion and talk about how I've healed from that since that day. Of course, having gone through it at the time, I was, like I mentioned, really asleep and numb. And then it sent me into my awakening process, my dark night of the soul, and led me into discovering that wounded inner girl, inner child that needed attention and love and healing. And it got me seeking. It got me seeking for new information, new ways to connect, new ways to live, and ultimately led me to my first ceremony with ayahuasca. Weirdly, in all of my ayahuasca ceremonies, this abortion never came up. And as I'll speak about later, uh, I sat in a lot of ceremonies in those first few years. And the abortion just never came through. I think in a way I was healing just through the receiving of so much love and truth in those ceremonies. I was walking away with no doubt of how loved I am by God, by creator, by the earth, by my angels, by the divine mother. And really by myself, I was starting to really love myself for maybe the first time ever. And in that, I think that was really starting to heal the the trauma, the traumatic experience of the abortion. But at the same time, I didn't get really present to the impact specifically of the abortion until... I came into union with my beloved husband, Michael, and we started our conception journey. When we started that conception journey, which we're still on, I began doing so much womb work and womb healing that I just, and and I started becoming more sensitive and alive in my feminine as a woman. And that's where these spontaneous moments of grief and loss and guilt came through regarding my abortion. There were times where I was just so mad at myself, so upset with myself that I could do something like that and that I did and that I could actually have a beautiful seven-year-old, eight-year-old boy now and I don't and I would yearn for him and yearn to be a mother and I would just feel so sad about that and of course through my union 
And through the womb work I was doing, I just came into, continued to come into loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, and honoponopono. There was actually, in 2021, which was pretty recent, I had a really horrible dream about this baby on the other side, this soul. And of course, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know. There's so much in the invisible realms that we don't know. And I do think as humans, we make a lot of meaning out of it and we give meaning to it. And we could even just make things up of what certain things mean. And part of that's fun and maybe part of that's true. Maybe part of that is just uh, unnecessary significance. But this dream was, it just rocked my world in so many ways that I just couldn't help but look deeper into it. I was emotionally distraught with the images that came through in my dream. It just became really clear that there's a possibility that the soul uh, that went through this abortion was really tormented and not resolved at all. Oh my gosh. So I felt so, I just, Michael held me beautifully through those hours. I just bawled and bawled and, and just mourned. It was like this true recognition that there is an impact on souls that get, that, that their, when their lives get taken in this way. There was no doubt in my mind from that point forward that there is severe impact on souls and just detriment to souls that get aborted. And that is not a statement coming from any sort of belief or politics or religion at all. It truly is just my person from my personal experience as an alive, awakened, sensitive woman with the fierceness of protection, protecting what is sacred. It rippled through my body in truth that there was impact, there is impact on souls that get aborted. And we have some stuff to clean up there if we have personal connection or ties to this practice, this ritual inside of what I call abortion culture. We've become so desensitized, and that certainly was my experience at the time. I was so desensitized to what abortion really is. And there was just these moments where I really wished I would have just carried the pregnancy through, even though it was really hard. And just gotten the support that I needed, whether it was through adoption or family or just helping raise the child. And But of course, I can't go back. And so for me, it was now time to do this healing with this soul in the spirit. And so just again, through prayers and through calling on support and through the love of my union with Michael, 
and through the womb healing and through Honoponopono, I just started doing this healing work with my soul, baby, and spirit. And later, actually, it was this year in 2022, um, this past May, uh, here in Maui, my beautiful friend Lila, she does womb healings. And when she did a womb healing on me using her chalice and her voice, it was so beautiful. And her baby, Andara, was actually in the room sleeping at the time um, at like six or seven months old. And she's just such a, such a goddess little baby. And so I just laid there and Lila did this womb healing on me and when I opened my eyes, she said, Mackenzie, it was so strange. I, there was like a black energy, a like not happy, um, energy in your womb. And I just did what I could to clear it. And you could also just go sit in ceremony and release anything left and say some gratitude. Um, but she said it, she cleared it. And the way she was explaining it, I knew that it was this soul, like the remnants of this soul. And what she said was, it was like a block to receiving any light into my womb because of this darker energy. And again, we give meaning to so many different things as humans, especially in the spiritual community. Uh, So I always take it with a grain of salt when I say things like this, but it just felt like there was a possibility that this was the, this was from my abortion. And I told her, wow, that's interesting you say that because I actually had an abortion and I've been present to the, and had the awareness that maybe this soul on the other side is um, quite tormented. And, and she said, she just, her eyes got so big and she was like, oh my God, like you had an abortion. I, I didn't know. And I was like, I know that's why that's kind of crazy. You said that. And we, she just said, that's totally what it is. And we talked about it and she said it felt really rejected. Like there was the feeling of rejection from this energy. And so I went out on the land on my last day here in Maui before I went off on tour for cacao. I sat on the land and I just gave so much gratitude and love to this soul and and just reassured this soul that there's so much love and adoration there. And I, I just said, I'm so grateful for our soul contract and everything you showed me and everything you made possible for me. And it really felt complete then. Another part of me getting complete with the abortion was to reconnect with the father. And that was the one of my past partners that I shared with in my last episode. And so I actually got back in touch with him um, in 2019. I went to Michael and I told him, I'm really feeling called to reconnect with Zachary. And I feel like I need to have a clearing conversation. I need to apologize and take responsibility for my part in everything that happened. And, and that's really what my relationship 
with Michael has done for me as it pertains to my past relationships, which I'll come back to in a minute. So I reached out to Zach and I, I told him everything. I told him just the wounded inner child in me that led to those experiences of our chaos and cheating and all the emotions and all of it. And he really got it. And he just said, look, like he took responsibility for his side. And we just had such a healing conversation over the phone. It was really nice. And um, I don't think we spoke about Landon at all, but about the baby. So I think in 2021, well, actually, I had another dream. There was another dream at one point where um, there were two babies in my arms and one of them asked, like one of them was, had just been drowning. And so I like picked the baby up and I gave it CPR and it came back to life, but I had to give it CPR to, to start breathing again. And I felt like maybe this was land. And so I remember reaching out to Zach and just saying, my experience. And later on, he reached out to me and and said he had had a plant medicine ceremony where he got to do a lot of healing around Landon and that that literally made way for him to conceive his baby, his baby with his wife now, (coughs) his daughter and how like he had to have this experience with Landon and he had to have this plant medicine ceremony to heal it in order to conceive his baby girl which was so healing for him so I remember celebrating that and till this day I you know follow them on Instagram and just beam at their adorable little family and their baby girl and just oh my god how precious she is so my heart is just so happy but in 2021 when um, I had this really traumatic dream with with this baby in spirit, I reached out to Zach and I just shared with him, um, what it was like for me. And so we just had yet another good conversation about it. And it just really helped me come into acceptance and completion. And and then it all led to that moment here on Maui with that little ceremony I did on the land. So between just the conversations and the tears and the honoponopono and the prayers and the womb healings and the calling on support when I needed it, I I now feel complete and healed, as complete and healed as I can as, again, a sensitive, awake woman whose path of becoming a mother and being a mother in this life is one of the most significant personal journeys I probably will ever go on. And there will always feel like a maybe a sense of loss, but that's what life is about. And being human, it's the full spectrum. And so I hold that in my heart with tenderness and with love and deeply, deeply honor my journey with it all. Hmm. Moving forward... Let's see what else wants to be debriefed. Very similarly with with that story, in terms of reconciling my part and the ways in which I showed up in my past relationships and the ways in which I sabotaged them and hurt others, 
how I've come into healing and reconciliation around that is again, very similar. So through my work with the medicine, I just healed my relationship with myself and became, I just came into right relations with myself and so much love that over time, as I integrated those experiences and that those blessings inside of my romantic union with Michael, I would, of course, in any sacred union, we come up against things. And here with Michael, I would come up against in real time, my blocks to intimacy, and I'd be invited into going deeper. And this time, rather than sabotaging, running away, projecting, I knew this was my time to actually lean in and go forward and go deeper within myself and within my union and with love. And that's what my relationship with Michael has been about. And it's just been the greatest blessing because we talk so much about plant medicines in this day and age and how powerful they are. And they are, of course, like the last episode I recorded, I shared with you just how necessary even just that one ceremony was. And I actually went on to sit in many ceremonies and have since then sat in just a lot of ceremonies. So with that said, though, I didn't just because I've sat with all this medicine, it didn't make me some perfect person. And all of a sudden I have no blocks to intimacy. All of a sudden I have no issues and no shadows. No, it's kind of the opposite. It's like, I had come into deep reverence and humility, surrender, and self-love that now I was actually willing to face off with my shadows in real time and actually integrate those principles of which I received in ceremony to my life. And the way that we do that is through relationships, not just real romantic relationships, but in the mirror of other people, inside the mirror of other people, other you know family members, friends, coworkers, um, our children, and romantic partners. And so that very much has been my journey, my path of integration. It's been all about relationships. That's really where life is a ceremony for me. And. As Michael and I have deepened into our union, there's been these flashes of insight of like, oh my goodness, that's, this is like the, the energy. I've felt this feeling before in past relationships and this is where I pieced out or this is where I self-sabotaged or this is where I emotionally projected myself or projected my sexuality or this is where I um, ran away and, and then I would be able to have those open conversations with Michael. And at times, there have been a few, over the years, there have been a few times where I've reached out to these past partners and just like I did with Zach, just have a clearing conversation and just say, I'm so sorry. And at times, maybe I was, I, I can't say I should have always done that, it, depending on where I was at emotionally, but there have been times where I've just had to progress through various levels of guilt and um, a sense of loss because of realizing the impact of of my unconscious patterns playing out in the impact of my actions. 
And so, yeah, I've had these clearing conversations. I've said my apologies and it's always been very genuine for me. And at the same time, whenever I've gone into guilt, I've had to come into just really a practice of self-forgiveness and honoponopono and also really trusting that these things had to happen for both parties involved. And this is our karma. It's our karma clearing up and really trusting that other party, that other person to do with it what they desire, their own healing, if that's what they choose, and their own path and to each their own. And for the most part, really, it's been really healing to have those conversations and for some of those conversations they're just they're like oh it's not a big deal no worries you know it's maybe doesn't land as big as it does for me just because of my path committing to being so sensitive and watery and emotional and to really go into these nuances of relationships so that I can clear them and that's my it's very personal to me Yeah, so how I really, though, choose to reconcile my past relationships is through my current one. So again, every time that I get, I feel a contraction, I feel scared, I feel my wound coming up, I feel insecure, or um, anything really, the opportunity is to open my heart, open my body, and just lean in lean into love, lean into truth, and be honest about my process every step of the way. And of course, call on support. Back in the day, I used to be just completely quiet and solo, and I would never call someone for support. Um, And now I know like when things get challenging in my relationship, I have so much support available to me, not just through calls or conversations, but through different modalities or ceremony and cacao and journaling and the gene keys and my prayer, just my simple prayer and connection to the divine, which has been laid, that foundation's been laid through the medicine in so many ways. Debriefing around my mother and my father and the stories that I shared with that, mm. I've learned so many lessons around this, my goodness. It really comes down to having a healthy level of detachment and really honoring the soul contract. And the only time where I get into my own suffering around it all is if I wish it was different or think it should look different between a mother and a father or between a mother and a daughter and between a father and a daughter. And so when I've been around my dad over the last many years, so we got back in touch and it was the first time in 10 years that I'd seen him and he was still on his journey of addiction and in and out of that. There'd be times where I'd show up back home in Ohio for holidays and and he wouldn't show and my heart would sink. And over time, I just began to choose to emotionally detach because there was a part of me that actually took it personally. There was a part of me that thought maybe he'll get better, quote unquote, maybe 
he'll heal his addiction because I'm back in his life. And that was a lot of pressure to put on myself. And yeah, there would be moments where I felt really sheepish and shy and vulnerable around him, like just so tender, but felt like I couldn't say anything. And there'd also be times where I did end up saying something and expressed my emotion or my disappointment or my hurt or my abandonment wound and the impact of certain things. And I'm not sure those conversations were ever super productive. Um, He's always done his best to listen. But with him being on his own journey and, and so deep in his own journey, it just didn't really feel like it was productive or it was the time or place for it. And so I started really stepping back and just accepting like this is his path and I'm just going to love him from afar. I mean, of course, I would see him if I was in town, but I wouldn't put a ton of energy or time into it because um, just really guarding my and protecting my heart at certain times and not wanting to get let down. So really it was a healthy level of detachment because I'd still let myself feel any feelings that showed up, but I also maintained a healthy level of detachment knowing that it's all working out in perfect timing and he's on his own journey and I respect that. And also just so much compassion because I know his story. I know his unique trauma and that really isn't for me to share with the world. It's very personal and really big, honestly. So I just don't understand, understand why his life has gone the way it has based on his earlier experiences. And there were times even in recent years where I saw him in really bad states and my God, I just, I'd leave Ohio feeling like, am I ever going to see him again? Is he going to die? And it was just very surreal sometimes. And then he ended up choosing to go to rehab over a year ago, was there for a little bit. And, and then really he came home and started finding his own path of healing and really through his modalities of Christianity and connection to God, that's what's really worked for him and getting into men's groups and really positive experiences, I've really seen him start to step into his own and step into his own healing and take responsibility for that. And while it, of course, doesn't look like we have this perfect relationship where we talk all the time, no, like he's still on his journey and he needs all the time and space in the world to go on that, right? Because if you've been using for decades, your brain chemistry, your brain hasn't even been able to develop. So it's really just come down to me giving him that grace and permission to just fully focus on himself and not have any expectations of how he shows up for me as a quote unquote father. And at the same time, not putting any expectations on myself of how I'm meant to show up as a daughter. And I've just allowed it to be, and that feels really good. Yeah, and with my mom, it's really similar. 
it's really similar, just releasing expectations and setting aside my hopes and dreams for what I wish it would be and just allowing it to be what it is and trusting that. And when I do that, I'm at peace. And for me, I know that I literally think that my angels divinely orchestrated the event that happened between her and I. You know, when I called the cops on her and yet I was the one that was taken to, j- to jail and feeling like the ultimate betrayal between a mother and a daughter because mothers are meant to set themselves aside for their children, right? And I had the opposite experience of where I was sacrificed to to protect so that she could protect herself. And yet it's the full spectrum. I know that I must have had many lifetimes of the opposite. And with this journey of me becoming a mother, my passion for the Divine Mother and the reclamation of the Divine Mother and the feminine face of God on this planet and this very personal connection to motherhood in general, I just know I had to experience that. And I've said that before. I had to experience it, but also for my development and to find myself, it's like we needed to be put in separate rooms. I needed to be separated from my mother and the only thing that was going to separate us was something so extreme, so dramatic, and so just something that we couldn't have even fathomed. I needed that. I needed to be separated from her in order for me to find who I really am. I was so attached to how the family wanted me to be I just know that I don't think I would have ever found my real voice, my truth, my true path. And so it had to go this way. I needed that space and that freedom and that complete separation so that I could be forced into saying, well, who am I? Who am I actually? And what a blessing that's been so that I can stand over here saying, this is who I am, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of who I am. And I can let her be who she is, knowing that she's on a unique journey. And of course, some might say, well, then why can't you guys talk? And why can't you be in the same room as her? Well, I can be. I absolutely can be. And it's not like she's blocked on my cell phone. You know, she could call me anytime. It's more about the codependency that I, hmm, how do I want to say this? It's more about me being in so much reverence and love of my own heart. I don't say that to be egotistical, but it's just with humility, being in so much love and respect of myself of knowing what is and isn't a boundary for me. And I'm not the kind of person that's just all about like boundary, boundary, boundary. That just, no, that's not really how I want to come across. But there are, of course, healthy times to have a soft, quote unquote, boundary 
it's like the thorns of a rose. The thorns on that rose are to say, handle me with care. And the rose represents the heart. The thorns represent the sovereign boundary. And so my the way I love myself is by choosing to not insert myself into those spaces anymore until I know there is that respect and reverence for me in the way of, you know, mutual honesty, mutual willingness to be truthful and to share free from anything that just feels like a cross of boundary. That's really all it comes down to. So there's not many words, but this is just a really deeply personal part of my path. And dang, it's so uncomfortable. So I'm a Libra rising and that part of me really comes out in these dynamics. That part of me that just wants there to be harmony between everybody and wants love to win and wants to just lightwash everything so that it's all perfect and just, you know, just, yeah, have the blissful experiences. And yet I can't do it if it's at the sacrifice of myself. It's like even my womb, I come down to my womb and she speaks from that space of fire, from that space of strength of what is right and true for her. And that does come down to having discernment about who is right for my life and who really deserves to have a front row seat to my sacred, intimate experiences of life. Hmm. Okay. So the last thing I'll share here is about my journey with ayahuasca. I'll keep this pretty short for today. As I said, the medicine completely won me over. And yet, I want to make sure it's clear that I by no means think that drinking ayahuasca is a magic pill. Drinking ayahuasca doesn't instantly turn us into some god or goddess (laughs) who's perfect and free from all the human things of judgment, opinion, shadows, wounding. I've received so many blessings from my ceremonies, ranging from going back into the womb, experiencing what I was feeling in the womb, and therefore feeling what I was experiencing as I went through the birth canal, as I was coming out into this world, all my own reservations about that, and I got to rebirth myself from a different place and getting to really affirm myself as I went through that process. So that was incredibly healing for me. I've had many kundalini awakenings as someone with such repressed sex energy for many, many years, which will be a whole episode in itself. The medicine really helped me open up those lower chakras and move my sex energy, my life force, my chi, my kundalini all throughout my body. And when that started happening, ooh, so blissful. So much started opening up for me around that time, my creativity. And I've gotten, received so many codes around abundance. And I've gotten to meet my main guide, Gaia, 
in the form of a dragon and I've gone through multiple empowerment initiations with that dragon, really getting to see myself for the first time ever, really getting to experience true reverence and humility for myself and my life. I've traversed through purging my sugar addiction and all the ways in which I used sugar to numb out my feelings and, and my emotions throughout my entire upbringing and even into early adult years. And that was, those were really grueling ceremonies. I had a ceremony where I coughed for 12 hours straight, healing, beginning to heal my throat chakra that was literally locked up for most of my life. I received so many downloads around my sexuality and sex energy. And through all of the different experiences I've had, really coming up against the edges of myself, the edge of how much light and how much love can I let in. And facing off with that part of me that was scared to do so. And getting multiple tests and trials and challenges within the medicine to finally walk through that door. That was a really beautiful experience. I'm going to share more of these experiences in detail at some point. But today, in spirit of the debrief, My point is that the truest, most potent healing has been my relationships because that's where I get the true mirror for where I'm really at and for what's really still inside of my body and still playing out certain stories. And yet the medicine has given me that foundation of self-love and compassion for others as well. So that I can show up in humility and patience and surrender as much as possible during those moments of triggers and uncertainty. It just felt really important to me to elaborate on this point because I think in this day and age, so many people think that plant medicine is the answer. And while I agree with some of that, (laughs) I think there's some really important principles that come through in the medicine and specifically over time, you know, as you form relationship and I'm only speaking to ayahuasca really because For me, ayahuasca and cacao, they have been my core plant medicines. I personally just don't resonate at all with mushrooms. I know that there are many people that have beautiful experiences with psilocybin, and I deeply honor that. But for me, psilocybin, it feels exactly what it is. The mushroom, the mycelium, it goes all over the place. And it opens me up as a very sensitive being to so many different energies. And especially when I'm in nature, I just, it's just quite, while I have had some profound 
awarenesses on mushrooms that I'm deeply grateful for and they came in at the exact time I needed it. I can't say I'll ever be working with them again. And I just, I say that with love and respect, but I just think they're no joke of, and they really require a lot of support and, you know, a really strong space holder. And for me, I'm just too sensitive at this point to work with something that has no linear focus. And what I mean by that is I was told that with ayahuasca, for instance, as it comes from the vine, the vine and the leaf, but really the vine, it's this straight line. It's rooted and for the most part going in one direction, right? Whereas with the mushrooms, they're just going throughout all directions and it's incredibly challenging to integrate. And yet again, with the right support, And with the right integration coach or integration support, I believe and know that they can be really beneficial for people. I digressed so much there. My point is that, yes, I do believe that working with plant medicines can be profoundly healing and important to really remember how connected we all are, to remember we are literally the same, to come into so much deep compassion and recognition of unity. I am you, you are me. Our life, our world would look so radically different if we all embodied that. Wow. And my connection with the Divine Mother that really was established inside of my ayahuasca experiences many different visions, many different healings, all the different codes, the different guidance, the direction. I would trade it for nothing. I would absolutely not change it at all. And yet it's required very intentional integration and that's shown up through the mirrors of my relationships. Friends, family, my romantic union, this is where the real work is. And so I'm very grateful to have both and to be able to lean into both. And now my plant medicine ceremonies are further and further between, how do I want to say that? Far and few between. When I started off my journey, I was sitting with medicine nearly on a monthly basis for three years and then started working. I took a really big break from the medicine just to start integrating this fully and then there's been times where she's really called me back maybe once a year twice a year max to do some deep healing or even at times to just hold space for other people and I'm so grateful for that support that extra boost of that support to release anything from my physical body or or even that tough love, you know, that reflection from the from the mother. There can be that tough love of the ways in which I still need to reprogram and rewire and surrender more. Surrender more into love in my life. And to show up more sovereignly. I think that's really shown up in my relationships, which I'm going to have various episodes on. Just the ways in which I've still at times over the years shown up in codependent ways and the impact of that, but really just 
you're not aware of it until it's happening. And then you're like, oh, shit, that's why that happened that way. I see it now. It's the relationship shines the light on it. My gosh, it's so good. That feels really complete for me to just give these debriefs and share with you just how I've healed my abortion, my womb, my past relationships with my mom and my dad, and just further elaborating on how important integration is for plant medicine and just how much life is the true ceremony. It's just, it's kind of a paradox for me because I sit here and I say, life is a ceremony, relationships are everything. And yet I don't know if there's anything that could replace the medicine work. And of course, that's just really my personal experience and my personal journey. So I honor that. All right, beloveds, deep bow to you all for listening and loving me through this. It's been really healing for me to begin to share again. And there's so much more coming. (laughs) Aloha. Talk to you soon.